This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. As a productivity nerd and like time management freak, that's how I identify myself. I actually have had to step back and say like, is my heart in this? Like, is am I in the mood to do this? Or am I just doing this because I'm short on time? Or am I just doing it because it's my two hours to make all my Instagram posts? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. I have a great interview for you today with fellow podcast host, DL Sharon. DL is actually a side hustle coach, as well as, like I said, a podcaster. And I was introduced to her. Well, we'll talk about it in the episode, actually. I was on her podcast. uh, And I'll be sure to link that interview down below in the show notes. We got pretty deep in that interview and talked about some really good stuff. It's actually one of my favorite podcast interviews that I've done. So I knew that I wanted to have her on as well because we had some really great conversation. And she has a lot of great tips about balancing a busy schedule and starting a business. And we even touched on things like wedding planning. So hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Be sure to show DL some love on her podcast and you know open up the show notes and check out her links so you can say hello. Welcome to the Freelance Friday podcast. My name is Latasha James and I'm your host. This podcast is a deep dive into the challenging, exciting, and oh so rewarding world of freelancing. From tips and advice to interviews with the people who are doing it right, this show is for anyone looking to get their hands a little bit dirty and make monetizing their passion a reality. Let's get started. So, hey, DL, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm excited to chat with you again. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So I was on DL's show, actually, not too long ago. My episode just aired. So we've already kind of done this, but (laughs) she was just telling me this is um, her first podcast interview. So I'm excited to be able to host you. So to kick things off, do you just want to get started by kind of telling us a little bit about yourself and who you are and, and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is DL Sharon, and I am a side hustle success coach. I help working individuals build a business on the side of their nine to five, and especially people who think the online space just doesn't work, that they've seen something on Facebook or Instagram, and they've said, there's just no way that I could make money online, or I could have the business that I've always wanted to have, or have the freedom, have the time. There's just no way. I really love working with those people and breaking down those barriers and helping them build a business that they absolutely love and creates the freedom that they've always craved. So that's a little bit about the work that I do. I have, like you said, I have a podcast. It's called the Freedom Hustler Podcast. And I dive into so many tips and strategies about helping people who have a nine to five start a business. I have some amazing guests come on and just talk about what it's like to be busy in general and what it's like to have a lot of things going on, but still wanting to better yourself. Um, And those are the things that I'm pretty passionate about. 
That's awesome. So how did you get started with this coaching business? Like where did the the freelancing and where did it start? Yeah. So to be completely honest with you, I went and I got my bachelor's at a private college and then I went and I got my master's right after. And so my student loan debt is really what motivated me to get into the online space and to create a business. And I know that's, you know, people don't really say that. They usually say something to the effect of, you know, I wanted to help people or health and fitness coaches. They have an amazing transformation. But I really looked at my finances and I knew that something had to change. Um, and I'm a social worker. So that's basically like the salary of a teacher. So I knew I wouldn't be making millions and millions of dollars, but I still loved doing the work that I was doing. And so I said, I'm going to have to start something on the side. And so because of everything that I went through with school, I've been really good at managing my time. There was a moment in my life where I was working 77 hours a week between a full-time job, a full-time internship, full-time school. I was doing research on the side. I was involved in extracurricular activities. I danced. Like I, I got engaged, so I was planning a wedding, and I was just doing everything under the sun. And I looked at myself in the mirror one time. I was like, you know what, DL? Like it's either sink or swim. Like you're either going to drown with everything that you have going on or you are going to come and rise to the occasion. And so I dived into personal development and productivity, time management, self-care, learning the ways that I burnt out. And I got really solid in this in this routine. And so many people would ask me, how did I do it? How did I do it? And so I said, well, I, you know, I just use XYZ strategy and I also created my own planner and people would say, well, you know, give me, I don't need this planner, like send it over. So I would just send them the PDF file, just free nilly willy. And then something dawned on me. It's like, DL, you could like make money off of this. And I said the same things that a lot of my clients say, like, there's no way that I can make money with this. There's just no way that anybody would buy this. There's a gazillion different planners out there in the world. Why would anybody want mine? But I put it on Etsy. I used a few different strategies as far as connecting in a few Facebook groups and I um, integrated print Pinterest. So it was going on autopilot as well. And I made $200 within the first week straight passive income. Like I set it up and then the income just started coming through. And I was amazed at the results. And I said, this is like real, like <laughs> people could actually make money online. And so that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was completely blown away by that. I did not think that it could happen to someone like me. Sure. It could happen to someone else, but not me with my small little idea at the time that I thought it was. Um, and so I just started working in there. I, I launched my original podcast, The Busy Girls Club, still in that productivity and time management space. But then so many people just kept reaching out to me about um, starting a side hustle. So then I, I got into that work. I love that. I, on this show, I am all about the realness. Like yeah. I always tell people, I'm going to keep it 100% with you because I do. And I, and I think that we talked about this a little bit on your show as well. Like I think that freelancing and owning a business can be sometimes really glamorized, which is a good thing. Like I want people to do it, but a lot of us do start for those reasons that you said, like it's a financial need right. or desire. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think like that's one of the things that makes me so passionate about freelancing is that it can be kind of a key to, you know, bigger opportunity financially, which is 
so important for people in our age group right now with mm-hmm. the student loans that we all have. <laughs> so I have a qu- kind of a follow-up question for you too, because I feel like this is like an unspoken question. Like nobody ever <laughs> asks it, mm-hmm. but what exactly does a coach do? And like, if I wanted to work with you as a, you know, as a business coach, what could I expect that relationship to be like, you know, what would, what would our first meeting look like? Sure. Absolutely. So I will preference this and say that everybody does it differently. And so many of my clients have been burned by coaches who really don't take this approach that I'm about to lay out. So just for anybody out there who's looking for a coach, don't assume that we all work the same. Like we all have different trainings and backgrounds and approaches and how we work with our clients. So this is my approach. So if someone were to sign with me, I would immediately book a goal setting intensive. It will be for 90 minutes, so pretty extensively, and you would tell me everything that you want from this experience, from small goals to larger goals to income goals, mindset goals, like how do you want to feel when you're doing this? So not just you want to make $10,000 by the end of our coaching sessions, but how do you want to feel about being a business owner? How can I facilitate and support that? And so one thing that I think a lot of people think coaching is, is we just tell you the answers to all your problems. Like if you're saying no one is buying from me, we'll say, we'll try this, this and this and boom, 100% you will get clients. It doesn't really work that way. My approach and what a lot of approaches that I've seen with different business coaches is very intuitive. And so we ask you what will work for you because not everybody is different. One method of gaining sales is going to be completely different than another person. One person may say, man, I really don't like that method. It made me feel salesy. It made me feel sleazy. Like I do not like that method. Another person would say, you know, that really worked for me. I gained my first client because of that method. And so it's very intuitive in what you want to do. Um, to get into more of the tactics, I provide Voxer messaging. So I'm not fam- I'm not sure if you all are familiar with Voxer. It's like this online walkie-talkie app. And anytime you have a question, so it doesn't have to be in a scheduled coaching call, I'm always there to answer it. If you're saying, you know, I'm really, I just don't feel like showing up today in my business. Something happened at my day job. My energy is zapped. My kids are getting on my nerves. Like I don't want to show up. I would definitely be there to motivate you, to remind you of those goals. That's why we spend so much time working on them. And to say like, you can do this and not just to give like your normal pep talk, but say like, you can do this for X amount of reasons because your why and your reason for starting this is so much bigger than you. You can show up for 10 to 15 minutes doing the strategies that we talked about, doing the things that we know that will help your business grow, the specific personalized strategies. Your business and your why and why you want to do this is so much greater than you that you can take the action. So I spend a lot of time doing that. I spend hours upon hours talking to my clients and being really specific. I do not have a cookie cutter approach. I definitely listen to people and I help them get the results that they want so they can finally launch that business that they keep talking about, but never actually start. That's awesome. Thank you for that information. Yeah. I feel like there are so many coaches out there, but I don't really know what that means. Yeah. So like, I think sometimes it can be overwhelming too to like make that first step and work with somebody yeah. if you you don't know like what the process is going to be like or mm-hmm. how vulnerable you have to get. Sure. <laughs> That's always a little sure. scary. Sure, absolutely. And and I believe the best coaches are the ones that are coaching before you even sign on the dial line and give them money. Like. 
a true business coach should be coaching you through the entire process from when you see something on social media that they said that really resonated with you to how how are you beginning to work with them all of the all of those different steps they should be coaching you and they should be supporting you regardless if they if you even sign the dotted line like a coach is always there for their clients and always wants the best thing for their clients yeah that's a really good point i love that mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about your podcasts. Um, So why did you start a podcast? What made you decide to start a podcast? That is such a great question. So I love podcasts. I'm one of those people that has a podcast on at all times. Like my fiance is like, can you stop shoving information in your head for like one second? (laughs) I'm in the car and I I listen to them. I'm a commuter. So I um, take a park and ride. I park my car and then I take a commuter bus to my day job. So throughout the whole entire process, I'm listening to a podcast. Um, I think it's a phenomenal way to consume content and consume knowledge about anything under the sun. I think it's very intimate. It's just like one person and you don't have to spend a lot of time. I know you're a YouTuber. um, And so you don't have to spend a lot of time editing them or putting them together. It's just a more streamlined way and more intimate way, in my opinion, of, of a way that someone can connect with you. And I think it's also the setup is pretty affordable too. It didn't cost me much to start up a podcast. My microphone that I'm talking to you right now costs $25 on Amazon. Um, Eventually, I would love to start a YouTube channel. I would love to start a travel YouTube channel. But right now, with just a limited amount of time that I have, and I wanted my own platform that I can share with other people, podcasting just fit all the boxes. And one thing that, just to close this out, one thing that I think podcasting people don't really think about when they think about starting a podcast for their business it's very easy to share and put on a blog post or put link it in a um, facebook post it's very easy to get out there and get more reach and know help people understand that you have this resource that is available for them that they can listen at great lengths about you talk about um, a topic that you're really well known in an expert in yeah, that's a good point. And and I love what you said about editing too. It's funny because like you said, I started doing video content and I actually had to like, and I still struggle with it now. I have to train myself to edit less. <laughs> like I'm so used to editing out every, you know, every little mistake mm-hmm. or and podcasting is, it's so easy. I could honestly probably just put this conversation up, you know, without too many edits at all. So it is nice for people who want to start producing some type of content but like you said maybe you don't have the time or like a ton of resources I, it is i think besides just the time of recording it for me it's been really easy so what about actually launching a podcast because i know we've talked before too about you kind of did a lot of the work in the beginning i think wow. like setting up all your interviews and all that so can you walk us through that process in case anyone's interested in in kind of replicating that and starting a podcast of their own absolutely so it's a funny story so for the long for about like a year of course i said i'm gonna start a podcast start a podcast start a podcast never never did it and then i saw on skill pop which is like this platform where you can take a class, an in-person class in your um, hometown and learn a skill. So there was an intro to podcasting skill pop class. I was like, oh, I'm going to sign up and take it. And then after that, I'll launch my podcast because I'll know exactly what I want to do. So the class got canceled three times and I was, no, I was so frustrated. I'm like, is this a sign? Like what, why does this class keep getting canceled? Like it, 
I was just so confused. And then I remember so clearly on um, the commuter bus, I was going to work. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I have no idea about the tech. I don't have a microphone, nothing. I'm just going to put out a call for interviews. And so I made a Google form. I posted the link in a few Facebook groups. And I said, does anybody want to come on and talk to me for an hour? The response that I got was insane. I had over 200 people fill out the form. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, the post went viral in all of the Facebook groups. People, I realized that people wanted a, their own space to talk about what they wanted to talk about. It was finding interviewees was the easiest part about starting a podcast. So if you're worried that, oh, I don't have anybody to interview, that should be the least of your problems. Like that solution will be solved as soon as you tell people that you're giving them a space to talk about whatever they want to share. Um, so after I did that, I kind of filtered in and I selected only 30. So I didn't jive with a lot of the content, with a lot of the applications that people were sending me. And I was like, well, that's not really the best fit for me. And so of course you made it. <laughs> and I just reach out to them. I sent them a link to book a hour long session with me to record the podcast. So everything was streamlined as far as the scheduling. So I use Calendly and I just, it was a free service. And I just say, these are my available times. Here's the link. So people would just choose what time worked best for them. And then I just went ahead and I booked them. I tried to have work weekends where I batch create all of my episodes. So just on one like Sunday evening, I would have maybe five interviews lined up and one after the other, I would just record, record, record. And then later during the week, I would say, okay, what content do I have out? How can I organize it? What would make sense as far as an order? And then I would email a schedule out saying your podcast date is going to be, you know, a month from now. And I didn't receive any negative feedback or like, why didn't I, you know, get launched, you know, this weekend? I, I worked so hard to schedule with you. No one really said anything of that nature. People understand the word batch creating. And so I just said I batch create all my content since I work a nine to five. This is what works best for me. And um, that's how I launched. And it was pretty effortlessly. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I've been a guest on a few shows. And you honestly had one of the easiest processes oh for God. me that I've ever experienced. Yeah, like it was just so, you know, easy and professional. Um, and yeah, so that's awesome. I, I know that I need to work on that because I'm so kind of scatterbrained. And like, when I create content, I, I do it when I'm in the mood. So I'm yeah. like, you know what, this week, I'm in the mood to do some interviews. And so I need to get a better process down for sure. I love they use Google Forms, because that's totally free and something that I could definitely start implementing. Um, so I love that those are some really great tips. Yeah. So I just before you go on, that's so interesting that you said that you were in the mood because as a productivity nerd and like time management freak, that's how I identify myself. I actually have had to step back and say like, is my heart in this? Like, is am I in the mood to do this or am I just doing this because I'm short on time or am I just doing it because it's my two hours to make all my Instagram posts? And so I, I find myself actually going back to that more organic, am I in the mood? Do I really have something that I want to share from my heart? I've been trying to go back into that space. So my advice to you would be don't lose that. Like that's super important when you're creating content because you want it to connect with people. 
For sure. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's it's a healthy balance for sure. Right. Like yeah. I think it's great to come up with the process that you'll use and and use it when you're inspired, <laughs> you know? Um yeah. Cause yeah, I felt the same way just with various content creation. Like it gets to a point where it's like, like you said, like, am I doing this just because I have to? Um, So I do, I definitely try to capitalize on the time when I am really inspired and make sure that I at least get a lot of content ready, uh, Mm -hmm. ready to go. What about um, like tools and software? Like what do you use to actually record your podcasts? Yeah, so that's a good question. And this was a lot of trial and error. So originally, I was doing Google Hangout, which is just a video chatting uh, software and it's online based, like you don't have to download an app or application for your desktop. So I would do Google Hangout and Zencaster. But I realized that Google Hangout and Zencaster are not friends. <laughs> so I dropped Google Hangout and I just did Zencaster. And that worked for a while. And then Zencaster actually stopped um, working with, it just stopped working for me altogether. I would hop on with an interview with someone and then it would just cut out and I would be wasting their time. I was wasting my time. And so I actually converted and I went back to Zoom. And that's been working for, a a good while and it's getting the job done. I definitely think as the podcast grows, I want to upgrade to a more paid service just so I can be a little bit more professional. And so my audio is a little bit more clear, but right now I use Zoom and there's nothing wrong with Zoom. Um, To edit, I use Audacity and I love Audacity. It is so easy. And they also have a ton of tutorials. Audacity, I feel like has been around for the longest. So whenever you have a problem, just Google it and there will be article after article and YouTube videos on how to solve your problem. Like for instance, I want to splice in or I want to take one piece and put it in the center of another piece of audio. That's what splice is. I want to splice in a different part of audio and I couldn't figure out, but then like six minutes I had it already completed. And I said, what took me so long just to, you know, Google it and, and look it up on YouTube. So those are the things that I use to record. Yeah, I I know that struggle, the Zencaster struggle. I've been there before. Um, It's a really great tool, but I it kind of did the same thing for me. Like after a while, I actually lost like a third of somebody's interview, and I felt so terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, She was she was totally cool about it, but you know you just feel bad when you're the interviewer. Like oh gosh. Um, So I've been using this tool recently, and knock on wood, I definitely have to knock on wood now since we're in the middle of an interview. But it's been it's been good. So maybe check it out. <laughs> but yeah, I loved it. This is my first time using Squadcast. I'm like, this is fancy. Yeah. Like, I think like this is the level of professionalism I want to aspire. So yeah, yeah no. Cool. Yeah, it's cool because you can do video too. But when you yeah. when you actually do the video at the same time, the audio quality does decrease. So I'm picky about when I use the video. But sure. you know, you can't have it all. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So you're doing a lot. You got, you have a business, you have a podcast, and then you also, as you mentioned, work a nine to five as well. So can you give us some of your, your tips for how you're managing that all? And you're obviously, you know, a busy woman yourself. So how do you, how do you manage that? Such a great question. Um, I actually have a few different things that come to mind. So the first thing is I wake up early. I wake up at 5 a.m. every single day, even on the weekends, because my body is just wired to it now. And that has been by far the best way I've been able to take consistent action on building my projects and 
you know, helping clients, it's that time in the morning. And I've stressed that morning time so much because it is the only time I feel like in the day where no one is taking anything from you. No one is bothering you. Your Facebook and your Instagram usually isn't, you know, out the wazoo with DMs or comments or likes or a lot of engagement. It's pretty quiet, especially if you have kids. Like a lot of my clients have families too. And I give so much respect to my clients who are trying to build a business, work a day job and have little ones. Like I give them the world because they are super women. Like they're amazing. They find that when they take that time out to them and they pour into themselves early in the morning before anyone else takes anything from them, so much changes for their mindset, for the way they show up. I used to feel guilty or have like resentment towards my day job because my day job would take my best energy, my most brilliant ideas. Like it would just steal everything. And then by the time I would get home, I would just be completely exhausted and my business wouldn't be moving forward. So when I started feeding myself first and working on my business first, I showed up differently to my day job, I was able to say like, okay, you know, I got my stuff done. The the day job can have everything else. So that was a big mindset shift as well as just obviously creating more time to get more things done. Another thing that I would do is kind of of counterintuitive is I schedule in more time for me because I realized that I was burning myself out early, especially when I was building my planner and I was trying to get that designed. I would spend every waking moment at my laptop designing, designing, tweaking, figuring things out, looking at layouts, messing around with colors. And I realized that I started to hate the project. I hated designing the planner. And I realized that I, I wasn't feeding into myself in the ways of having more fun. I just kept working and working and working. And balance is crucial. You need to be able to do your work and be able to complete projects, but you also want to be able to have fun. So I would say I schedule in at least one weekend a month where I don't work. And that's very hard for me. So I had to be very intentional about it. And I'll usually schedule in something fun. Like this past weekend, I went to the fair with my fiance. And that was something that doesn't happen a lot. So I looked forward to it. So I would also include scheduling some fun. And then one thing I would do is have everything on Google Docs. And so that was a big game changer for me because I would just use Microsoft Word. But when I put everything on Google Docs, I was able to work on it, obviously, when I'm at home, work on it on the bus, on my phone. And then if I had some free time on my lunch break at my day job, I would work on whatever I was doing at my day job. So I had everything synced and I kept continuously working on the same projects all at the same time without having to copy and paste between different work docs. And that's such a simple tweak that I never thought um, thought about, but it paid off. Oh my gosh. Google Drive is everything. <laughs> I yeah. do not know what I would do without it. I, um, it's crazy. Like, I don't know how long your commute is, but I mean, here commutes can be, you know, an hour to an hour and a half. And it's just, if you're trying to build a business, that's one of the first things that I always tell people is like, use that commute time. Um, I know a lot more people here. I live in Detroit, um, drive obviously. So it's a bit harder to do, but even still, like I would listen to podcasts, which is educational, or I would take calls sometimes in my car. Um, Mm -hmm. there's so much, time like that's two to three hours a day additional that you're getting back if you use your commute so I love that tip and I also love what you said about having fun too like I think 
we get so caught up in this like hustle grind, like just I'll sleep when I'm dead mentality. And it's like, (laughs) it's not healthy for one. Um, We've all done some, you know, some late nights and some early morning. For sure, you got to do what you got to do. But what's the point if you're not having fun and you're not enjoying it and you're not recharging and like allowing yourself to feel creative and inspiration and all that. So that's really great advice. Yeah. And I, that reminds me of something when I was um, in college, I had a roommate and I would ask him, I said, well, what's your major? And he said he was finance, something tech finance. And I was like, okay, well, you're never here. Do you, you know, have another place? Like you're literally never here. Like there's days with, I would go days without seeing him. And he would say, no, I'm at my internship working. And I said, okay, well, how much do you get paid? And he was like, well, I get paid like $30 an hour as a college student. I said, well, that's incredible. And then I realized that he makes all this money, but he doesn't have a place to spend it. Like he doesn't have time or energy to spend it on the things that he likes. So that, that's, that was a good mindset shift and like you can do all this for money but then what are you going to spend that money on absolutely yeah I've I've recently had to check myself on that a little bit too because I'm only I'm only two hours away from my family but I realized that at one point I hadn't seen my family since Christmas and it was like the middle of the summer and I'm like Mm. that's terrible (laughs) like that is so bad and it's because I was working so much so yeah you just gotta got to make time for yourself and the people that are important to you cuz that's what you're doing this all for, right? In the in the long run. Exactly. So, you also said that you're planning a wedding, correct? Yes, good lord, yes. <laughs> Do you have any tips on that? On like anything that you've been loving or hating or balancing with everything else? Oh boy. Um <laughs> so funny story. Uh, I live in the South, but I, I don't identify as a Southerner. Um, my fiance is from the South. I'm, I'm from the North. So in the DC Baltimore region, but I live in North Carolina. We plan this big, elaborate Southern wedding. That's why I preference that. Southern wedding, 300 people had this big, massive venue, like all this stuff. And then one day me and my fiance were looking at each other and we were talking about the wedding, like, yeah, this isn't us. So we pulled all of our deposits. We canceled everything. We told the wedding planner, can we have a 25 person wedding in Puerto Rico? And she was like, sure. I said, let's do it. And since we made that decision, the wedding planning has been so hands-off. Like a lot of times when you do a destination wedding, there's packages. And so you pick which package you want to go with and then everything is all inclusive. So you make one decision, but you check off like 60 million different boxes. So for anybody who's thinking about starting the wedding planning process, really consider a destination wedding. The people who you truly want to be there will show up and they will find a way to get there. It's so small and intimate. Your pictures will be gorgeous. If you're worried about Instagram, you will have Instagram worthy content forever. You're like, you will, your wedding will be beautiful and something unique in the same way. Um, So I would definitely recommend doing a destination wedding for someone who has a busy schedule and still wants to have a beautiful and meaningful day. Ooh, that is a great hack. Yeah. I love that. I, I always thought that destination weddings were really fun. So yeah. as long as you don't have like a giant family who's going to be mad if they all miss out on it. But, well, you know, the thing is, we do. We definitely have two giant families who are mad that we're having a destination wedding. But my dad is throwing us a huge backyard bash um, in September after we get married. And then um, Barry's mom is throwing him a great 
party in her backyard too. So we're definitely still doing it in a way that makes sense for us and our families and still respecting our family's wishes. So there's there's a solution for everything. You can solve any problem that comes up. Just make sure that it's your day and you do what's best for you and your fiance. I love that. That's great advice. Yeah. Well, and, and congratulations early. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some other challenges. <laughs> I know one of the things that actually sparked this conversation today was I think on my Instagram stories, I was talking a little bit about imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. So is that something that you can speak to at all? Is that something that you feel like you've struggled with or um, maybe any other challenges just in general that you've had while starting your business and your podcast and jumping into this kind of virtual world? Sure. Yeah. I think imposter syndrome, especially as a coach is really valid. A lot of people are coaches now. <laughs> there is a ton, there's a big boom of coaches and whether that's an online fitness coach, whether that's a financial coach, somebody and their mom is a coach. And a lot of people on social media see that coaches are very lucrative and they're making seven figure businesses and they only work two hours a week. And it's this very like looming mystery. That's why I really liked your question about what actually does a coach do? Because it's just this looming mysterious world about coaching, but yet it's so lucrative and they have these amazing lives. And a lot of my clients and myself included, when I first started doing this, they're like, who the heck am I to help someone? I can barely help myself. Like I can't serve. I can't show up every day. I'm not an expert in this. I didn't get a degree in this. I haven't been doing this long enough. They're someone who can do this a lot better than I do. And they just feel like a fraud. And I definitely felt that way in the beginning, especially when I decided to get into the business world. I just had so many people reach out to me about how do I start a passion project the way that I did and make and monetize it. And I thought, well, I haven't made, you know, millions of dollars. Like who am I to help people in their business when I haven't fully reached my business goals either? Um, but one of my favorite influencers, her name is Angie Lee. She's always says that you don't have to be an expert. You just have to be a few steps ahead of your ideal client. So yes, you do need to have something underneath your belt, some experience, some success in what you want to coach in, but you don't have to be the millionaire. You don't have to be the person who lost 200 pounds. Like you're probably more relatable that you're not the millionaire and you're not the person who lost 200 pounds because you are where you are, because you haven't fully made it yet. People can say, oh, you're only a few steps ahead of me. I can, I can see that that's achievable to me. So you're actually a lot more relatable because you haven't hit that golden standard. Um, so imposter syndrome is something that a lot of people struggle with. And I definitely even struggled with it professionally. Um, for my master's degree, I went to a top four school, I got a scholarship, and I was the only African American person in my little study group. And I just kept thinking that first couple of months, like, what am I doing here? Like, no one looks like me, no one comes from my background. They must have made a mistake giving me the scholarship. So I definitely can resonate and have empathy with anybody who is going through imposter syndrome and this may this this isn't the best thing in the world but it it doesn't go away you just learn how to constantly manage it and tell yourself that you are where you are for your reason and that this didn't happen on mistake or by luck. You got here by sheer hard work. And what I do is I write down a list 
of everything that happens because of where I am. So when I was, particularly when I was in my um, graduate studies, I would write down the time that I got an A. I would write down the time a professor said I made a good comment in class. And I kept that. So when those thoughts came up, I would refer back to that. I was like, well, this these are facts. Like, these aren't my feelings. This isn't, you know, something that I made up in my head. The fact is I did get an A on that paper. The fact is I did... Um, the professor did say that I had a good contribution to the class discussion. So relying more on facts will definitely help combat those feelings and those emotions. And when we're talking about the business space, think about all the times where someone has liked your post or has commented and said, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Or especially your client saying like, oh my gosh, you've helped me. We, our brains constantly go into the negative, but it takes a while to remember the positive. So keep a log, keep a journal of every time somebody commented and they say, you know, that really was the pick me up that I needed to get going in my day. Or one of your clients saying that really resonated, that strategy that we worked with, that worked. And thank you. I wouldn't have been able to do that without you. Keep those memories on lock and write them down so that when those feelings come up, you have a place where you can refer. I love that. I love the idea of writing things down and documenting things. I know I screenshot a lot of things like comments that I get on Instagram or Instagram DMs because yeah, people who take my courses and clients and things like that. I, I love my favorite feeling in the world is when they send me a DM saying, I just got my first client. Thanks to your course. <laughs> like that is the best feeling. I, I almost cry every time. <laughs> like, it's so dramatic, but it's just, it makes me so happy. So I always like screenshot those just for me. Like I don't post them, but just right. so I can go through and like, I am having an impact on at least one person, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I love what you said about coaching too. Um, I feel like social media is kind of one of those careers like coaching where like there's so many social media managers out there and mm-hmm. you see the, the, you know, webinar, you get on the webinars with the social media manager, like laying on the beach with her laptop, posting social media posts. And it's like, that's not what it's like. Like, or at least that's not what it's like for me. And I know sometimes I've just been like, am I doing this wrong? Like, I I don't have like, you know, a vacation home in Bali yet where I like, where I could work remotely three quarters of the year. What am I doing wrong? And you're totally right. I think it's, it's all about doing things in your own way, finding your own path. And and it does. I, I love the part that you said about relatability too, because that's another comment I get too. It's like, you're a real person right. and that's a relief because <laughs> not, not everybody d- just starts a business and becomes a millionaire overnight. In fact, very few people do. Right. <laughs> so it's good to have some real representation out there for sure. Definitely. Definitely. So if somebody wanted to work with you, where could they find you? You can follow me on Instagram. My name is a little complicated, so I'm going to spell it. It is D.L. Sharon, D-I-E-L-L-E-C-H-A-R-O-N, D.L. Sharon. Um, feel free to DM me. Uh, let me know what you're thinking about your business. Let me know how I can serve you and what questions you have, and we can get chatting. Awesome. Is Instagram your favorite social media platform, just out of curiosity? Good question. So I like Instagram stories and I like DMs in Instagram. I feel like it's just a little bit more quicker to communicate than like Facebook Messenger, but I am a Facebook post person. I love a good Facebook post. I really think that's a good way to connect with people and um, to share value. 
Awesome. Well, I am going to be sure to link your Instagram and everything that we talked about in the show notes um, so people can get in touch with you. But I think that's all I have, all the questions I have. So thank you so much, DL, for being on. This was really fun. And I feel like I learned a lot and I'm sure everyone else will as well. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. Awesome. And thanks for listening, you guys. And we'll talk to you soon. And that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to let me know. Rating this podcast is a huge help. And you can also tweet me at a journey east with comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes. Lastly, make sure to join my private Facebook group, Money Making Micro Influencer, if you're interested in elevating your influence and taking charge of your personal brand. There are so many like-minded, bright individuals in there, and it's a place I love to offer up free advice and a little bit of extra fun into. You can find it by searching Facebook for Money Making Micro Influencer. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. 